WGN Radio. That's Dolph Hewitt. I wish I knew. Got to number eight nationally in 1949 on RCA, probably on the strength of his appearances on the National Barn Dance. He and his wife Ruth, that was Ruth Johnson of the Johnson Sisters, were National Barn Dance mainstays from 1946 on. And he produced the show when it first went to WGN. And I'll bet the boy from the hills of old Pennsylvania, as he was called, was on the first WGN show hosted by Orion Samuelson. I bet Orion can tell us. Orion, welcome. Well, thank you very much, and good to be with you. I'm up later than I normally am, because until uh, about a year ago, I'd be up at a quarter to three in the morning to make the trip into Chicago. But uh, now I live in Huntley, Illinois, which is about 60 miles northwest of downtown Chicago. And thanks to the modern technology that we can enjoy, I do this program from my home, and I understand you are doing this program from a totally different place, and it sounds like we're sitting in the same studio together. Yes, and technology has come so far since you joined WGN, but one of the clips I loved was on the Internet of you talking about how you have embraced the Internet and, of course, using a Comrex Access, uh, getting your signal here that way, but also social media and everything else, and I think that's wonderful. Well, it's taken me a while, and luckily, Gloria, my wife, is a better technologist than I am. But, uh, yeah, it does make it wonderful. When I was introduced to WGN Radio as their new farm director 60 years ago today, why, they took a truckload of equipment and three engineers to originate that live radio show from a farm near Anchor, Illinois, near Gibson City, because we uh, were doing the show uh, once a year from the Farm Power Show, the M&W Farm Power Show, and uh, it was based basically at Gibson City, Illinois, and so we'd go down there to a farm, but we'd have three engineers with us, and uh, we also had the band, because Dolph Hewitt and the Sage Riders uh, appeared with us on the many county and state fair broadcast that I've done during my years at WGN. But uh, we can do it so much easier today than we could 60 years ago. Oh, heck yes. And you mentioned that equipment. I almost had forgotten, but I always had the distinction because I usually was the chief engineer that they'd say, oh, go, go do a remote. You know how to do this. Just set it up yourself, which was no problem. But that equipment wasn't portable. It was luggable. That stuff <laughs> weighed a ton. And so, yeah, remember that well. Now, and of course, and, we had to rent a telephone line to right. connect with the studios yes. in Chicago. Yes, yes. And then later the exotic ISDN, which has also gone the way of all flesh by now. But, you know, I didn't have a chance to listen to you in the morning until you were probably WGN for about a decade. And I was doing overnights at WIBC in Indianapolis. And I drive home. Harry Andrews, old station. Absolutely. (laughs) Harry Andrews. Yes. Yes. I remember Harry would take me to the Indiana State Fair. And I remember one year I judged the pork contest. And it was the best pork I ever had. But I drive home listening to you, and not only did you make agricultural personal and warm to me, but you were so 
big time. And Harry was good, that's true, but I was really used to farm reporters who sounded like they were sitting at their kitchen table turning over the pages <laughs> of a newspaper. And to hear you, you know, you were as good as anyone doing anything ever on the radio, and I, I just was so impressed. And then later I had found out that it was you that I heard when uh, the National Barn Dance came to WGN, and I had to wonder, because it was like one of the first things you did, and yes, you were a farm reporter and uh, all that in Wisconsin. Did you know you were in for hosting the National Barn Dance? I did not, because (laughs) one of the reasons I came to Chicago, uh, the farm director at uh, WGN Radio at the time, Norm Kraft, resigned on the air. And uh, the boss at WGN who hired me, Ward Qual, an outstanding broadcaster. Yes. And so uh, when WLS went from the Prairie Farmer Station to wonderful rock and roll, that made uh, the station that farmers in the Midwest listened to move to a different location, which was WGN. And uh, Ward Qual said... Clear Channel radio stations are a treasure, and we must maintain them. And he fought for many decades to keep WGN and the other 25 Clear Channels as channels without any other station sharing that channel. Of course, that's gone by the wayside. And uh, we've gotten to daytime radio, and uh, we have to work with different limitations. But uh, that's what brought me down, the fact that uh, WLS got rid of the barn dance, and WSM in Nashville became the leader country station with uh, the Grand Ole Opry. But I grew up listening to to, uh, WLS and having the opportunity to finally work alongside Bob Atcher and Cousin Tilford and Red Blanchard and Dolph Hewitt and the Sage Riders was a dream come true as far as I was concerned. Probably the most uh, impressed my folks were about my moving to Chicago was, oh my golly, you know all those people we've listened to. Oh, I bet. I bet. And there, there's no way to uh, overstate how big this was. And of course, National Barnance preceded the Grand Old Opry. And what's interesting is that there was a time in the early 50s when even early independent television, certainly in Los Angeles where I was, it was almost all country music shows across the board. It was such a huge thing. And yet at the same time, it wasn't many years later when WSM really didn't admit they were doing this on Saturday nights. They were playing MOR music in the week. And But the truth of the matter was that a good portion of their audience was still there because of the Grand Old Opry. Indeed it was, and I had the opportunity to uh, host one hour of the Grand Ole Opry on WSM Nashville because their farm director, John McDonald, uh, who I knew very well and worked with in the agricultural broadcasting industry, that was his home. And uh, so he said, hey, sometime when you're in Nashville, come on over and be on the show with me on Saturday night. So I did. The other thing that people in Chicago don't really realize today is the barn dance was broadcast from the 8th Street Theater. And today, the site of what was that theater is the Grand Ballroom of the Conrad Hilton Hotel. 
Yeah, that's great. That's just great. You mentioned Ward Qual and uh, the Clear Channel Broadcasters Association. I remember I, I became a, a member of that in the 80s in probably one of their last meetings. I think Wayne Vriesman was, uh, was running oh, it yeah. then. Uh, he, uh, they were talking. It was a round table. I was the only woman there. And uh, a bunch of engineers talking about how they were going to preserve Clear Channel facilities. I said, well, the first thing is I wish that nine of you weren't running Larry King simultaneously. And I wish that 12 of you actually had a live overnight news person. And, you know, I knew as I was sitting there that that would be the death of them. And that was one of the neat things about WGN. Uh, I think at the time it was probably Eddie Schwartz doing overnights. And I said, you know, at least GN is live and local. And they still are to this day. Yes, indeed. And Steve and Johnny, uh, they were on before I came on to do Milking Time, as we called our early morning show. And uh, I, of course, worked alongside the big names on the National Barn Dance for a long time, because not only would we do the daily broadcast, well, my noon show, which was known as Country Fair at that time, had live music every day that we broadcast. And one of the rules that the uh, Musicians Union managed to put in place in Chicago, if you were going to play recorded music, you had to have a union musician in the studio. We called them and her record turners, and uh, so they would uh, play the music that we use once we stopped using a band on the country fair show. So, yes. Interesting and background and very is. different. Yeah, it, it so is. And, you know, to some extent that fit well on GN. But as you're saying that, I remember some of the legendary battles on things like a WLS that's trying to be top 40 with engineers who are a little long in the tooth and coming from a different mentality. And uh, there were more than a few train wrecks on the air. We are talking with Orion Samuelson, and it is my ardent pleasure to do this. And I did not realize, Orion, until moments. Uh, moments before the show that Orion wrote a book and so I immediately went to uh, Amazon and ordered a copy and I put a link on Raleigh.net because it is an autobiography and it will be here for me on the 1st of October and I can't wait to read it but I bet you've got questions and I know Orion has answers 888-876-5593 is 8888 Raleigh on WGN Radio WGN Radio in fact I first heard of the Peterson Farm Brothers who are listening to taking care of life Stock from 2015 from an interview that Orion Samuelson did, 2012 National FFA Convention on YouTube. It's still there. It's great. And uh, they're just a terrific band. They were just starting out. And uh, I just I just loved that interview. It was terrific. You and them. Well, they were fascinating young men because they managed to take agriculture and make it very public, not only in music, but in comedy and in the other things they talked about. And I did enjoy, well, because I had the opportunity several times to talk to them, and uh, they did maintain their good spirits and their interesting stories. Yeah, and it was so neat because one of them was still in high school, the other one just getting out in 2012, and one was in college, and now they're all out of college, and they've stayed true to their ag roots, and uh, obviously their YouTube channel with millions of views, I think it was something like 130 million viewers, uh, that's more probably a living than a farm, but they keep the farm up. 
Absolutely. They're still farmers, and I'm pleased about that because that way they can talk personally about life on the farm, and that's good. But can I ask you one question? Because when I learned this, I was fascinated. Why did you study and follow the barn dance? You know, I was I was a radio DXer, and uh, I just loved listening to distant signals. And, you know, whether they were the border blasters like Radio Bonaire with their half a million watts from the Lesser Antilles, or whether it was a, a WLS or, or whatever, if I was in ear range of a signal, I wanted to hear it. And so I was pretty aware of what all the clear channels were doing. But the other thing, as I say, early 50s independent television had a ton of these country shows, and most yes. of them were sponsored by car dealers or something. And a lot of them were overnight stuff the guy would buy the time. But to this this day, I don't know why. For instance, in Los Angeles, you had three independent TV stations, and they were showing shows ad nauseum from Bakersfield. And I have no idea what caused that. Over the years, I've asked people. Nobody seems to know. But I was hooked. Well, and I think for good reason, because it was really America. And you know your topic earlier before I came on with you, toys took me back to my childhood because I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin, a dairy farm, and we didn't get hooked up to electricity until I was 14 years old. So the first 14 years of my life, I did my homework studying and my nighttime reading by Aladdin lamp or Coleman lanterns and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, the changes we've seen because Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the president who brought the Rural Electrification Administration, REA, into being. And uh, we, when World War II ended, finally the copper shortage ended, and uh, they were able to get copper and electric lines out to our farm. So suddenly I could stand at the foot of the stairs in our two-story farm home and flick a switch, and my golly, there was a light upstairs. I didn't have to carry the kerosene lantern or the lamps anymore. Yeah, that, that is a great story because I think that many people don't understand that the history of America, for instance, electrification, was so different depending on where you were. If you grew up in Manhattan, well, in the 20s you had power and everybody else did too. But, you know, if you were in Tennessee, you were hoping for the TVA to get to your neighborhood sometime soon. So it was so different to be in rural Wisconsin. Of course it would come later. But, you know, as you're telling me this, I think in large part that's what's responsible for for your creativity, because when you don't have anything but your own imagination, you're really developing some skills. Well, you are, and uh, when you got home from the one-room eighth-grade country school that I walked a mile to every day and a mile back, uphill both ways, by the way, and uh, I (laughs) never had to wonder what I was going to do. I never had to look for activity because it was feed the calves and throw down the silage and do all of the things that went into a dairy farm with uh, 30 dairy cows. So uh, that the young people today don't have the opportunity to learn what work really means. And secondly, they uh, forget what it takes to raise livestock and to do the farm work that provides our well-being every day, not only in this country, but in countries around the world, because I've traveled to 44 of those countries, and uh, I've gone to China 10 times, I've gone to Russia 
five times and uh, a lot of other countries where uh, you know they aren't able to feed their people and thank god in this country we can not only feed our people but uh, we export a lot of what we produce to countries around the world so i stood outside a store in moscow one day when i was there and there was a long line outside the store and i thought what's going on in there and so i got in the line and when i got inside i saw it was a grocery store but i saw half of the shelves were empty because they didn't have an agriculture that we have so yeah we take that for granted and on the one hand that's wonderful that we can on the other hand it's horrifying that we do i'm talking to orion samuelson and absolutely you can too i won't hog them all hour we'll talk to myrna in beecher illinois rj in new york and there'll be room for you too coming up on wgn radio WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. That, of course, Tom T. Hall. Who's going to feed them hogs from the 1971 Mercury album In Search of a Song? We are talking with Orion Samuelson. And the only sad news, the happy news is 60 years on WGN. The sad news for us listeners is you're retiring at the end of the year, Orion. I thought this was never going to happen. Well, I thought about it maybe 10 years ago and then changed my mind. And so I have a good friend. We're the same age, and uh, we were born in the same month back in 1934. And he uh, was a farm equipment dealer in Belvedere, Illinois, Paul Wallen. And he tried to retire three times and flunked all three times. (laughs) So I thought, well, I'm not going to follow that pattern because once I decide I I guess I'd better do what I said I was going to do. So There's no but, talking you out of it. No uh, talking you out of it. Well, I'm going to do some things. You know, I do a weekly television show with Max Armstrong. We worked mm-hmm. together on radio for a long time. And uh, we do a television show that's on, I think, 150 stations across the country called This Week in Agribusiness. And I may continue to do that because that takes one time a week to put it all together instead of uh, getting up at five in the morning to do shows on a daily basis so yeah right i know and you're up at five in the morning and i'm keeping you now oh man well i encourage you to do that television show but myrna in beecher illinois wants to check in so okay myrna the floor is yours on wgn radio Hi, Orion. I'm going to miss you. I'm glad and happy for you about your retirement, but I've been listening to you for a long, long time, and I, too, grew up on a a dairy farm as a family farm, and I don't think there are many people who realize just how hard farmers worked years ago without all this modern equipment, and um, you've done so much with your life, and and I, I just... In the barn dance, we used to gather around the big farm kitchen on Saturday nights and uh, listen to the barn dance and uh, Dolph Hewitt, Bob Hatcher, and Red Blanchard, all those guys. And um, I just can relate so much with when you talk about uh, your life on, on the dairy farm. And one Christmas morning when I was driving to my family's house, you were talking about what your Christmases were like. Um, out there, and uh, it almost made me cry because it made me feel like I was just—I could really relate to it. And um, I wish you all the all the best. And uh, you're a genuinely wonderful person who's always thinking about everybody else. And I can't say enough good about you. And I'm going to miss you. 
Well, I'm going to miss you, too. That's probably one of the reasons I'll slip on the air every once in a while. But really, I've been here 60 years only because of people like you who listen and who pay attention and uh, who uh, learn something, I hope, about where your food supply. But you grew up on a dairy farm, so you know. But a lot of people who listen to my program daily... have never been on a farm and so anything i can do to acquaint them with as uh, was mentioned the long hours and the hard work at least uh, hopefully we can understand what it takes to put food on our table oh and i like to say we uh, farmers put food on our table clothes on our back a roof over our head and now they put fuel in our tractor and truck and car tank so you betcha. Uh-huh. All right, Myrna, thank you for calling. Okay, good day. All right, Bill in Chicago, welcome to WGN Radio. Yeah, Orion, congratulations on your retirement. I grew up, I'm about four years younger than you, I grew up on a farm in Indiana, on a dairy right. farm and agriculture and all that stuff, and and we had electricity, but my grandparents lived at the road. They didn't get electricity until about 1954. So I grew up under the kerosene lamps and that stuff, too. And the thing that um, I, I listened back then on WOWO, uh, right. Jay Gould and Bob Seavers with the Nancy Lee and the yes. Hilltoppers. Yep. Yes. And, I remember those names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. And then also WIBC, I used to listen to that farm, the farm guy there because, uh, well, I'm visually handicapped, and I went to school in Indianapolis down there through the school year. And then I come back and work on the farm in the summer, but that never stopped me. I bailed. We had a custom bailing business, and we did we did bailing and everything else. We had we had twenty head of dairy cattle, which we had to do them. But I hated those things. Because my dad, when we got to be teenagers, he had one rule: I don't care what time what time you come in, we still milk at five. <laughs> we still milk at five. Yes, indeed. Yes. That's so That's true. <laughs> and and I and I agree with you. Kids today. They're, they're just bored. I mean, we didn't have things like cell phones and game pads and all that stuff. You, you had to figure out something to do with climbing trees and, I mean, all that you did. You know, we had woods and we'd climb and hike and everything else and ride our bikes. And and kids today, they just don't don't know what to do with themselves. But also, and on our dairy farm, we did not have almond milk. Or, <laughs> oh, no, I never or, milked uh, an almond milk. tree in my You're, life. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. Well, that no, no kidding. I, I got to ask you this one. Last weekend, I was going back to Indiana for a family gathering, and my well, all my relatives are gone now, but just cousins. We call it the bash. But I was going down US thirty, and we got near Valparaiso, and I think it was near that area. My daughter said, "Dad, you'll never believe what I just saw." I said, "What?" He said, "Dunkin' Donut is advertising oat milk." Now, how do you get milk out of oats? <laughs> never milked it. We raise a lot of oats on the farm, right. but I never milked it. I'll, I'll tell you the secret. It, it takes a lot of vegetable oil. That's yeah. how they do it. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations stuff. on your retirement. Yeah. Yeah, so, but now I listen to you and WIBC. and I, I came to Chicago in 61. I've been listening to you ever since. Yeah. Well, I came in 60, yeah. so I got here a Perfect. year before you. Perfect. Yeah, you got here before you. But, you know, the thing, and the thing today, radio is nothing today to me. I don't know. Just, yeah, I know. just 
that people today just don't know how to talk or what to do or what to talk about. I mean, they don't. It's just, it's just boring. <laughs> it's, it's not the same. I'm, I'm with you there. Thank you for calling, right. Bill. I appreciate okay. it. Thank All you. right. So we are talking to a legend, Orion Samuelson. And no, no, not a oh, legend. You no. are. You are. You are. You are a living legend. Okay. Is there anybody else who has been at the same station for 60 years? Uh, I think Vince Scully was when he did the Los Angeles Dodgers. Because but, he, but he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, so yeah. No, I don't think I don't think anybody. I was trying to think about before the show. Is there anybody who has come close to your tenure? And I find it so interesting that in one of the uh, articles I had read about you, you said you thought you were going to be there five years. So we'll pick up that. We'll talk to Joe from Aurora. We got RJ in New York. There's room for you too. And uh, speaking of legends, uh, this is sponsored by HearingHealthCenter.org. It's dot com. HearingHealthCenter.com. It is Walter's perspective on WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. We'll forego the last couple bumpers. I still have another commercial break to get in before the top of the hour. I'm notoriously bad at that. Math is so exact. I'm so approximate. But we are talking with Orion Samuelson, and I don't want to waste a minute. And I know a lot of you want to talk to him as well, so I promise not to hog Orion completely. Though I got to ask, going back to the first barn dance on WGN, the show had been off the air for about six months when LS uh, went top 40, and here it was going to debut on GN. How was that first night reaction? It was really great, and uh, it was a pleasure for me to meet uh, some of the people who were um, on the barn dance that I'd listened to for years but had never met, and uh, it was exciting. And, you know, Ward Qual, who was the man who hired me at WGN, we had two or three conversations about should we save the barn dance? Should we keep that from going off the air? Oh. And Ward felt strongly about that, and he said, yes, it's part of our clear channel obligation, and so uh, I think we'll go to work and put it together, and we did. And uh, what an exciting night, night for me, because there was Bob Atcher and the Johnson sisters and Red Blanchard. Incidentally, I have to tell one of my favorite Red Blanchard lines, because I have so many memories of Red, who was also Wisconsin boy, but I never forgotten one of the lines he used. Nobody could cook like my mother. The army came close, but they didn't come that close. Either. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, and I know I'd uh, Adolph and Ruth. They had moved to Florida, and they kind of kept the music alive for for long after. But it was what eight years that the show stayed on WGN. That's right, and not only radio, but it was also television. Yeah, we'd get to the studios on. Saturday night and the first half hour we'd have the studio full of people and we would do 30 minutes of television that would be recorded and sent to stations around the country and then we'd break for half an hour and then we'd start again and uh, do two hours of radio on WGN. So It was was great, great stuff. And I know Joe from Aurora is going to uh, probably bring up that you also are a Yorgi Jorgensen fan. I think that's where you're going, Joe. Welcome to WGN Radio. Hello, Joe, in Aurora. It's a pleasure to speak with both of you. Thank you. Uh, and, Orin, uh, you, you obviously you are a legend, and your humility is a testament to that, you know, because my wife was talking about sitting at the kitchen table at her grandparents' house listening to you, to uh, my sister worked with you there at WGN as well as well as at Channel Earth, 
And uh, the other thing which I was wanting to bring up is that uh, my son, who is 11 years old, when he found out that you were retiring, and we told him that yesterday when we found out, he whipped the hat off of his head and threw it on the ground and just said, this is a bad day. So you've crossed a whole lot of generations. Yes, indeed. um, Well, you thank him for that. yeah. You bet. So what I wanted to bring up is that, Raleigh, uh, with your uh, being such a music aficionado, I, I don't hate me for this, Orion, but I just wanted to bring up that, Raleigh, in your Christmas music lineup, you need to add Yingle Bells and I Go Nuts. Absolutely. To your, uh, yes. And if uh, you have heard those before, I guess. Oh, yes. As, as I was saying, it's obvious that Orion was a, a Yogi Jorgensen fan. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Well, he's so, Norwegian, we, we, and I'm Norwegian, so yeah. Yeah, it fits. It fits. We'll, we'll do it, Joe. I promise you. Thank you for calling. Thank you Appreciate very much. Yeah. Thank you, Orion. Thank yeah. you, and thank your son. Absolutely. You bet. And uh, there's there's so much more to say and so few minutes to say it, so I'll just say this is WGN Radio. Raleigh James, I'm talking to Orion Samuelson, and the hour is about to conclude, but Orion kind of hinted, even though he's retiring, he uh, might make appearances now and then. So, Orion, I'm going to beg you to come back after your retirement, at least talk to us more. Well, it probably won't be a difficult argument uh, with me, and Gloria, my wife, uh, enjoys it, although getting up early early as we did for years uh, is gone by but we won't be on as early as we used to be yeah and that'll that'll be great news there's so much we didn't cover including you were one of the many taken by surprise in 1963 and on the air at the time of the jfk assassination so that was certainly a switch in duties momentarily it was because that bulletin broke. I still remember when Gene Doretti, our newsman, came running into the studio with a piece of yellow United Press International newspaper and he laid it in front of me and I looked at it while I'm reading the weather forecast and I thought, that's not a very funny joke to play when somebody is on the air. But then I looked up at the control room and I saw it wasn't a joke and uh, yeah, that uh, that was a sad but memorable day. Yeah, it was a shock everywhere. And interestingly, of course, nobody prepares for something like that. And the stories around the country, I know in Dallas, which, of course, uh, the scene of the event on WFAA, it was uh, Mr. Peppermint, the kids show who broke the news. And okay. like you momentarily people thought this is just a really bad joke and of course within moments it it became all too true so the waning moments i'm going to ask them to be quick uh okay tom you've got 30 seconds go for it i'm curious i never got to hear his show because i was a night owl listening to the radio most of my life but when you grew up on the dairy farm as a kid did they use those big milk cans in those days and put them out for the road for the milk truck to pick up like they did down here in the south? You bet they did, because I had to, uh, I built a lot of muscle lifting those cans to put into the cooling tank. All right. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. And, RJ, you got about 20 seconds. Thank you for the privilege, Raleigh. Mr. Sanderson, I just wanted to say thank you for your spirit of service and all you've done for the farmers and all of us that listen to great radio your wonderful book is going to be an early Christmas gift, and God bless you and your family, and best in your retirement. 
Please come back and talk to us. Thanks, RJ. And Orion, I can't thank you enough, and I'm going to hold you to that. Hopefully, long after you're not doing mornings, we'll have a long nighttime conversation. We'll do that, and I tell you, enjoy my book. It's called You Can't Dream Big Enough, because uh, I certainly couldn't.